welcome to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now, here's Rick. Welcome to another episode of the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel. Thank you again for joining us today as we uh, just continue to talk about all kinds of things. Had a great interview last week with Tim's story. If you haven't heard that one, you're going to want to listen to that. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. And we've got another exciting interview coming up here in a couple weeks as well. Uh, In between, I want to just hit on different topics that I think are important and subjects that just run the gamut uh, of different, different kinds of themes. And today I want to talk to you about 10 ways to avoid lifestyle creep. Now, lifestyle creep kind of comes from the scope creep um, mentality, that this terminology that comes out of the construction world. I've built some buildings, so I know a little bit about how this works. And scope creep basically means that over the time of construction, the project kind of uh, creeps, and many times that creep looks something like a, an expansion in the in, in the budget. So you could end up uh, spending you know 10% more, 15% more on a project. And when you get into multi-million dollar buildings, you get into some serious money that you can end up increasing. So I'm familiar with that. And maybe you've heard the term lifestyle creep, um, sometimes called lifestyle inflation. But it's essentially where your discretionary expenses increase as your disposable income increases. So you make more, but you spend more. And then if you make more and spend more, then you really are nowhere farther along than when you were a poor college student and you had very little money, but you spent very little money. I mean, it's one of the reasons why so many Americans uh, keep earning more and more in their career, but still struggle with the same debt load. I mean, it's a, it's a problem for sure. And it's a problem that I would just like to try to help you with today because your finances are enormously important to you. And if you're earning more money, then, you know, you can think, well, I can afford more, uh, better car, better house, better clothes, whatever it is. But, you know, if you keep, uh, Spending more each time you get a promotion or a raise or other some type of income, then, you know, you can end up not getting any farther along in terms of your your finances. And let me just say, as a pastor of, of many years and working with a lot of people, things are not always as they appear to be. And so there can be a couple of really nice cars in the parking lot and I can visit someone's house and it can be very nice. But then when I get to know them and we start talking about things and that they're challenged with and find out that they're just heavily leveraged. So they really don't have much net worth. They just have a lot of nice things and they owe a lot of money to keep those things going. And ultimately, of course, what you want is to have actual net worth, actual money so that you don't have debt. And instead, what you have is uh, a, a a good nest egg that you can feel secure and comfortable with. So lifestyle creep up in your lifestyle to match your income, you know, that's uh, turning the the fun money and uh, 
the fund money turns into spent money and then you don't have the stable financial future that you really want to have. And you could say, hey, you know, what's wrong with, uh, you know, wanting to get a nicer car, a nicer place to live? And of course, the, the short answer is, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, uh, except if it is setting back other milestones like paying for a wedding or buying a house or funding your retirement. And what does your retirement account look like right now? You know, that's that's significant. You know, and you may be, hey, Rick, I'm 25. What do, I don't need to be concerned about it. Okay, you're, you're on the young side. But, man, you read some of the statistics of people that are over 50 and how little money they actually have saved as if they're going to live on Social Security. And this is what this is what lifestyle creep does. I mean, this is it. I mean, that's that's it in a, in a nutshell. So, you know, it could be concert tickets, morning lattes, uh, you know, clothes, uh, stylish clothes. But if it falls more into the want category than the need category, uh, that's something you have to, to, to look at. Lifestyle creep can just put you squarely behind the eight ball when it comes to really getting out of debt, saving for retirement and meeting other big financial goals. And it's really one of the reasons why people can't escape the vortex and of living paycheck to paycheck. It's shocking how many Americans, like 80%, live paycheck to paycheck. That's not really the way you want to live your life. But that's the way you can end up living your life if you keep spending every time that you keep making. That's the thing that you've got to look at. And that's what I want to help you with. Today, you know, it can happen with any type of bump in your cash flow. You know, it could be a raise, it could be a bonus, it could be a gift, it could be a tax refund. And so income goes up. Well, that's great. I mean, that's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. But then again, you've got to look at the at at what your response to that can be. There was a, 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 a study done recently about the effect of a lottery, lottery winner on, on the neighborhood in which he or she lived. And and no joke, this is what it showed. The larger the amount that the person won, the more likely the neighbors were to incur more debt and even file for bankruptcy. I mean, is that not the classic keeping up with the Joneses right there? Someone who wins a lottery, and so now they, they've got more money, and so they start buying more things. And then people in the neighborhood are like, man, I got to have that too. But you didn't win the lottery. And so... But yet you keep spending nonetheless. I mean, these are the things that can happen. And it's just, you know, so insidious how it can just take place in your life. Social pressure, you know, to keep up with the consumption habits of friends and family. It's just uh, something that can really create financial stress in your life. And how about social media? Again, there are studies that show that every post that someone does that where they, you know, they're putting things on there that they've gotten or places they've gone, whatever money's involved, that it creates envy so that people then begin to live beyond their means. And that's not where you want to be. You don't want to be living beyond your means. You want to live below your means. I had a college professor uh, introduce me to this concept. Uh, what a blessing. 80-10-10. Live on 80% of your income. Give 10% to God and give the other 10% or 
take the other 10% and invest it in savings. If you, you know, if you could do that over time, what would happen is you'd really have a nice little nest egg of savings. You'd always have God's blessing on your life because you're being generous and helping others. And then you live on the 80%. It's, it's an absolute winner, winner chicken dinner formula for sure. But it's hard to do, you know, when your, your friend rolls up and brand new shiny SUV and you're like, you know, hey, I want, I want one of those. You know, I, I want to have one of those. And, and again, I don't want to be a hypocrite in any way because I, I, I've had many nice cars and the car I have now is probably the nicest, best car that I've ever had. So it's not that you can't have anything nice, but it is that before you get there, you know, you have to make sure that you're taking care of your overall financial situation so you really can discern, um, you know, needs and wants. And also, of course, uh, sometimes just have to be patient. And the car I have now, you know, took me a, a while to get there. It's not, you know, it's a long, long ways from the, uh, Chevy Spectrum that I had at one point in graduate school. Um, but, you know, you can get there, but it's not going to happen overnight for sure. And, you know, it's normal to want to celebrate, you know, a, a new uh, raise or, or promotion or something like that. But the celebration doesn't have to turn into uh, committing yourself. You know, it can just be like a nice dinner out and then that's that's it. Still an expense, but not a, but a one-time expense. But you know, you go out and you say, "Oh man, I got to get a nicer car," and you 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 know you're making say two hundred fifty dollars a month more, and then you just go and get a new car, and the car payments two hundred fifty dollars a month more. Then you're nowhere. You know, you're nowhere closer to any sort of financial goals. You got a nicer car that you do, but. Now, you know, you say, hey, Rick, you know, uh, come on. I mean, uh, um, it's not a nicer car. It's just having something that isn't a clunker. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the that's the balance point there. You know, if you're just driving a clunker and you never know when it's going to break down, you never know how, you might, how much you have to pay and repairs, then yes, it can be time to get a new car. And if you can afford it, then then that can be a really good move to make a uh, you know, again, there's differences of opinion. A guy like Dave Ramsey would tell you to never borrow for a depreciating asset like a car, always pay cash. So there's different ways to look at it. Um, if you're having to use public transportation every day, you know, or maybe you want to take some of that money and use it for professional development so you can even advance farther in your career. Again, anytime you invest in yourself, you know, I think it's a good use, uh, use of your money. But um you, you know, you just got to ask yourself these sorts of questions, hard questions. Uh, but let's just say this, knowing that lifestyle creep exists and recognizing it in your own life, wherever it might be, can put you ahead of the game when it comes to making better decisions about your money. And so that's what we want to do. And I want to give you 10 ways, 10 ways to try to combat and uh, avoid and deal with lifestyle creep. And let's just start with where, where you have to start creating a budget. It seems so obvious and yet it is stunning how many people don't do it. Again, as a, a pastor, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of people. And so I've learned a lot of things. 
I've also counseled many couples pre-marriage counseling, talked to them about establishing a budget. Many of them didn't even have a budget up to that point. Now, I've run a large organization uh, for a long time, and I know that we always have to have a budget, and all companies and businesses all have budgets. So why wouldn't you have a budget in your own personal life? I mean, this is the most obvious thing you can do is having a budget, creating a budget so that you know where your money is going. That's that's just absolutely crucial. And frankly, there's just so many tools out there. I mean, I, I'm going to tell you, I can remember back in the day, I used to hand people these paper budget sheets that I always had in my files because I, I wanted to help anybody who didn't have a budget uh, to get a budget. But now, you know, there's so much stuff online. I mean, you can you can get apps. There's so many ways you can go. Now, again, a budget's only as good as your willingness to do it and to be very accurate and honest with the numbers, you know, of how much you really spend on different things and and or how much you think you should spend uh, to make it work. Uh, but it can it can absolutely be done. And, you know, you need a good budget that doesn't leave out expenses because, you know, if you cover all your bills, that's not all there is. You know, there's other spending, there's entertainment spending, there's clothes spending, there's there there's vacations. You know, it's uh, I've sit, sat down with people before and they do their budget and then I look at it and there's nowhere for a vacation. Well, I mean, you need a vacation. Uh, so you better budget for it because a vacation is quite expensive, quite expensive. So you've got to create a budget. I mean, that's just absolutely first and foremost step that you have, have to take. The second would be tracking your spending. When it comes to money management, you know, one question you don't want to ask yourself is where did that money go? Losing track of expenses not only lead to a blown budget, but overdraft fees, return checks, and all kinds of other problems. So again, there are apps that you can use for this. You can also use good old-fashioned pen and paper, but you've got to be able to track your spending because you'll be amazed at how much money you can spend. You don't even realize, you know, that that trip to Starbucks and, you know, my wife just just with my wife recently, a little trip we took and she came along and, and uh, she wanted to get uh, a Starbucks coffee in the lobby of the hotel. I, I didn't, didn't want one. And, um, you know, $4 and something for, a, you know, just for her little drink there. I mean, those add up, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're getting one of those five times a week, then that's over $100 a month. Yeah, if you have a bad habit like smoking or drinking and you're, I mean, wow. I, we go When we go to these nice restaurants, you know, we never have as big a bill as because we don't drink any alcohol. And then I talk to people I know who do. It's incredible the difference for the same restaurant or the same type of restaurant when you're, when you add, you know, the, the drinks into it. So, you, you have to know all the things that go into into your spending and uh, you might be surprised how much is there when you talk about expenditures. 
All right, here's the third, and this is this one has really worked for me. I really want you to consider it, and that is having an like an automatic, an automatic way of saving money. I started doing this years ago as a young man. I went I went to a class, I went to a course on money management, and this was one of the things that they suggested doing, and I started doing it. It's how I bought my first house. And it's how I've been able to do many things. And basically, all it is, is you simply sign up with some type of investment company and you have money taken out of your bank account. Mine comes out on the 5th and the 20th of every month. I do it to this day and I have a lot more money than I had when I was younger. But the principle is the principle. More money's taken out now than used to be taken out. I mean, you know, it might just start as simple as a hundred bucks or something but here's what happens first of all it's the pay you pay yourself first mentality you know save first but what what really will happen to you it's amazing how this works and if you don't believe me i want you to try it is it becomes like a bill you just you're like oh i got that you know that's coming out that that's that money's coming out two hundred dollars you know on the fifth it's you you don't even realize you're not paying a bill, you're saving money. And over time, the next thing you know, you turn around and you're like, I got $5,000 in the bank. Or even better, I have $5,000 in investment, which may be even makes more money for me. So that is a, a slam dunk. Certainly in the same vein would be a 401k contribution if you have a company that, especially if you have a company that will match. I mean, that is just like a no-brainer. So you put in 5% and then they match 5%. That's 5% free money. Now you do that, you put in your five and the company puts in their five and then you keep doing that over a long enough period of time, you're going to have a very a very stable and secure retirement. It's, it's, it's just that simple. So the more that you can automate investment and saving man it's it's going to work for you it's really going to work for you. it's going to work for you well the next would be to have some clear goals you know what's the end game what do you you know what do you want what do you want for your life you want to retire early with say a million dollars in the bank you you want to own your home that's been one of my goals let me let's just pause here for a moment 30-year mortgage versus 15-year mortgage or even 10 because I've had all three, 30, 15, and 10. Guess which one is the greatest? The 10. I mean, it's incredible what you pay off in principle. You can, you can be paying in principle what other people who have 30-year mortgages are paying in interest. It's that big of a flip-flop. Over the course of time, the amount of money that you will save in interest is six figures. Absolutely. Well, I mean, depending on the size of the loan, but for say... Uh, a home, I think for many people, you know, average type home, you're going to save six figures. Save, save, meaning you don't spend it and pay it in interest. So it's like making that extra $100,000. And if I said, hey, I've got a way for you to make a hundred grand and you won't even, it won't even be that hard and you can do it over a number of years. I mean, that's the way to go. So you've got to have, you've got to have financial goals. I mean, you just, you, you know, you just have to. You've got to have them. Uh, I mean, you, I think, you know, s- certainly you need a, a short-term emergency fund. That's a given. Got to have that. And you want to have some long-term 
goals in terms of what you would how you know you would like to save because what you get into here then is what my dad taught me long ago the eighth wonder of the world uh, compound interest it's just incredible and i have to tell you that now in my life i'm really starting to see that i didn't see it for a long time and you might not because you don't have enough money yet for it really to to, to compound and be significant but there'll come a point when you'll have so much money that the, the way compound interest then works is just remarkable. And you can see these amazing gains in your financial future, your financial health and stability if, you, if you'll do it. If you'll just uh, keep investing, keep investing and let compound interest really work for you. And it, it absolutely positively will uh, every, every time. The next way is to celebrate small, kind of like what I was talking about earlier. So, you know, you just say to yourself, okay, you know, I've gotten a raise or I've gotten a promotion and generally those things go together. I've gotten a bonus. And then you say, wow, woo, let's blow this whole thing. You know, let's not blow this whole thing. You know, maybe you want to buy yourself something that you've wanted to have or you know, maybe you just want to celebrate with a, a nice dinner, maybe a little trip, but don't commit to anything long term because you, you want to be able to put the bulk of that money again into savings, into investing so that you can really just guarantee that you're going to have a secure future and you won't have the kind of stress that over 80% of Americans have because they're literally living paycheck to paycheck. That's that's not the way you want to live your life. And, you know, you, you don't have to. You, you don't have to live your life that way. All right, here's another. Avoiding mindless spending, you know, the, the sort of impulse buying. You know, you just, you just spend it. You know, it's, it's uh, psychological, emotional temptation. You know, what do you want to call it? But it just it just happens to you. Casual spending, unnecessary expenses, and and you know it's just it can happen so easily if you don't think this stuff through. And and I want to just give you the other side of that, and that is when you are spending to really look for the bargain. I'm, I'm a huge believer in this, and it's just watching uh, Sebastian. Uh, Maniscalco comedy show where he was talking about his dad and getting a bargain and all that stuff. And, and uh, even though my name is McDaniel and that's Scotch-Irish, my mother was uh, Italian. Her name was DeBartolo. So I'm half Italian. And that got into me, man, that like get the bargain. But I mean, I could tell you story after story, even to the point of major purchases like a home or car, down to all kinds of other things, just the deals that I have gotten that uh, have allowed me to um, really live above my means in terms of my lifestyle. Somebody the other day was like, man, that's a really nice sport coat. And they said, what, you know, what is that? I said, it's a Giorgio Armani. They're like, oh, it must be nice. I said, I paid 155 bucks for this jacket. And they just looked at me like, what are you talking about? 155 bucks. Yeah, 155 bucks. So, you know, you can spend over $1,000 on an Armani sport coat uh, or you can get a deal. And if you can get a deal, then you can look good, but you don't have to spend the money that goes with it. So uh, watch how you spend that money. 
All right, here's another. Avoid new debt. You know, you know. again, it may seem like a bit of a, a no-brainer. Like, uh, yeah, you know, but I mean, when you get out of debt, what happens, you know? Uh, a recent report revealed that consumers are willing to spend, now listen, up to 83% more using a credit card than they would with cash. What I've done is 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 the American Express card. That's been my way of of uh, of doing it through the years is to have an American Ex- Express card, and then you have to pay it at the end of every month. So you, you can use, uh, you know, it's a charge card. You know, the the old phrase was charge card, and then it became credit card. But a charge card just gives you the ability to charge, and then you've got time to pay it off. But you have to pay it still within a certain period of time. I mean, you know, there may be a maximum of maybe, I don't know, 45 or 50 days max that you could get. Hey, that's better than nothing. But you don't have a credit card that you just keep letting that balance go up and up. Because again, you know, you have a 12, 15 percent credit card. The amount of interest that you're paying is just obscene. And again, you're paying somebody else money to use their money and uh you know it's also just fascinating to think about this do you know that modern credit cards weren't even introduced until like 1950 no kidding my parents never had a credit card not when i was growing up they may have gotten one later but when i was growing up they didn't even even have a credit card so it's just a fairly new invention here you know talking about the last 70 years or so that we even have something. So, you know, you can go without a, a credit card. You don't have to have one. And if you don't have one, you live within your means. I mean, most people, that's where they get out of living in their means is on credit cards. And then the next thing you know, it's ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 in credit card debt, which then affects their credit score, which then means they have to pay more for interest for other things. I mean, it, that's the circle. You know, you get to that 800 plus credit score and you're getting the absolute best rates. I mean, when I go to get rates, I mean, it's, it's incredible some of the rates that I can get because when you have good credit, that's how it works. When you don't have good credit, not good. All right, a few more. And uh, again, wants versus, you know, just really identifying wants versus needs. You know, the now that you you know when you fall into the luxury lifestyle, man, it can be hard to pull yourself out. So you really have to just say, "What's my need?" You know, electricity. What's my want? Uh, Tesla, electric car. You know, there's the difference there, maybe between those two things. I may say, "Well, I'm very committed to the environment, so forth. I want an electric car." Okay, well then you're going to have to make changes in other places. I mean, you know, just other things in your life that just exist because they can. You know, can you eliminate? Can you eliminate certain kinds of expenses? Eating out, of course, is a classic one that, I mean, I don't know, again, what's happened with you in the pandemic, but I'm just not going to order food where I have to pay, pay a tip and then pay a delivery fee. I mean, that's an insane amount of money. The answer is, you know, you make your food yourself and it uh, works out a whole, whole lot better if you can go down that road uh, than, Wants again, wants versus needs. What do you really need? And then just two more, you know, just really looking at what what do you do when you see an increase in income? In other words, how do you uh, spend the, the bonus, the raise? And 
I'm saying really look to say, okay, let's take this extra money and pay off debt. Let's put it toward a specific goal in terms of savings and investing. Let's look at retirement. All these sorts of things. Because otherwise the lifestyle creep happens and uh, then you don't get any farther ahead with your uh, personal finances because you're spending the raise instead of doing something so productive that you could do with it. Here's the final one. Choose your friends wisely. Peer pressure is a powerful motivator and it doesn't end when you graduate from high school. The perceived wealth of your friends, neighbors, acquaintances can again be a far cry from their actual wealth. Believe me. So if eight, you know, if eight out of 10 Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, that's not a pretty picture. So if you find yourself, you're in situations where there's pressure to overspend kids' sports activities, nights out on the town, expensive restaurants, uh, luxury vacations, and you're around these folks, then, you know, you may do these things and you really can't afford to do it. You really can't afford to do it, but you're kind of going along, you know, get along, go along. And that's really no good for you in terms of your overall financial situation. That's not where you want to be. So there's 10 ways, 10 ways to not let lifestyle creep, lifestyle inflation happen to you so that you can move forward in your life with a plan of a good, solid financial plan and you can get to a point where you can have financial security, which is what I think everyone really wants. Uh, financial independence. I mean, that's the goal. And to get there, you're not going to get there if you if you have this kind of creep, scope creep happening in your finances. Uh, so work at it, friends. I mean, you, you'll be happy that you did. I'm telling you, you'll be happy that you did. I hope this helps you. Uh, let me know if it if it does. I'd love to hear those stories. And, and again, keep sharing with others about this podcast. Help more and more people in so many and different ways. Thanks for being with us again this week on the Point of Impact podcast. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in. And we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.